Discover what's happening around our province with todayinbc.com. Sign up today to get the latest news right to your inbox and never miss the news that's important to you and your family. From community news in your neighborhood to what's happening in our province, your source for daily news is todayinbc.com. PQ Beat is the official podcast of the Parksville Qualicum Beach News. Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening. I'm Peter McCulley. The superintendent of schools for the Qualicum District is Peter Jory. And as you can imagine, this is a busy time of year for him as students are heading back to class. Thanks for joining us today, Peter. Absolutely my pleasure. What are the biggest issues facing children in the Qualicum School District and around the province these days? That's a massive question. It just so happens we're coming off our strategic planning process and we've done a series of surveys through last fall and met with student focus groups all around the school district, one in every school, two at each secondary school, and have really drilled down on what is important to our kids. Taking all that data through the spring, working a large diverse group of 40 volunteers and put together what we think is a plan that's going to address the needs of our kids and help us all to work towards improving educational outcomes in the next five years. Peter, last time you were here, you mentioned that the district was going to be working on a strategic plan. So what are the goals? So our four goal areas came out as to learn. And as I said through the whole process, this is really the cornerstone piece. It's not four even legs of a table. Learn is really at the top and needs to be seen that way. But that's focusing on student curricular skills and competencies that lead to meaningful graduation and a successful life beyond school. And that captures all the stuff that's in our curriculum, literacy and numeracy, core competencies. And also another theme that emerged through our data is some basic life skills, accounting, changing attire, all those things. Our parents and our children suggested that these are things that they wanted to see. The other three were to give, which are students leading local and global change contributing to the community and the world at large, to grow, which is supporting our learners in pursuit of equity of outcomes, and to belong, the critical social skills and strategies necessary for a healthy self and an effective and positive community. And so those four work together, and as I mentioned, give, grow, and belong really are in support of LEARN. Peter, we've just come through two or three years of COVID, RSV, the flu, Are there any potential protocols in place for this fall? Right now, we're crossing our fingers and carrying on. It was an amazing time in our school system. And I think it was a triumph how everyone pulled together and did what they needed to do to abide by the rules, be safe, and support each other. But we got off of a lot of the things that made school fun, enjoyable, positive. We just weren't allowed to gather. We weren't allowed to participate in different kinds of events As I've said repeatedly, getting back to those is really important for our kids. And that is really a data point that came out over and over again in the strategic planning process. Students, parents, teachers always valued those things. But after having them taken away for a period of time, you could really see there's an urgency to get back to those types of activities and opportunities as much as possible. So we're hopeful that we don't have to go back into any version of a lockdown, whether it's just counseling events or social distancing in the way that we did before. Now, that being said, if things change, if the data demonstrates that we're going to need to do 
something different and go back to those, we're able to pivot and put those restrictions back in place. We'd be very capable of doing that. We'd just rather not because school is a very positive place when you can focus on the things you want to focus on. I can tell you from walking around, talking to people last few days, even late last week, such a sense of optimism out there, such a sense of excitement. The doorstep vibe has been very positive. So there's a lot to look forward to. Such a sense of relief. Absolutely. We watch the news. We all pay attention. Like I said, we're crossing our fingers and hoping that we can just work our way through whatever comes. Peter, how are the enrollment numbers these days? I know they're twofold, actually. I guess there's the international students and then there's the students from the Qualicum School District. We're pretty steady, and that makes us a bit of an anomaly in Vancouver Island for sure, and certainly in certain parts of the southern province. We took a dip like everyone else and then have gone up a few hundred since. But our total population, international and online, is right around 4,700 as projected. We're not really anticipating any kind of significant growth. Part of that is that there's a lack of family housing in the region. It's tough for families to crack the market here, and there is a shortage of family-suitable homes. That's a problem that I think needs to be resolved, and there's lots of people thinking about that, lots of people talking about it. I know that... Our town councils have discussed this at length, but until there are significant changes to what the housing market looks like, we're probably going to stay pretty flat. It is what it is. I know this is an interesting topic of conversation for you. How do you explain the provincial proficiency scale? (laughs) Is that difficult for students to reach grade 10 and then have grades? And why is it so important for the curriculum to evolve? Uh, That's a massive question as well. I'll break it down into some chunks. The first thing I'd like to say is we haven't had letter grades from K to 6 in the school district for some 30 years. So this is a fairly old conversation. When the district reconfigured in 2014 and went to K to 7 and then 8 to 12, we stopped doing letter grades at grade 8 and 9 at that time. That's 2014. And so it really hasn't been an issue, as far as I know. Anywhere that I've worked where we've gone through this transition, and much of the province has already gone through it long before the reporting order was updated recently, there's not any difference at all. You've got to go to letter grades at some point because as a system, we can't come to terms with how we're going to hand out awards or how students get into university or who gets scholarships. And so the letter grades end up being a de facto sorting system. As far as teaching and learning goes, they are an inferior product. It is just not as good set of information as what we provide through feedback, through conversation, through the proficiency scales themselves. But it is shorthand. They are categories, and people do seem to understand them. So at least at the 10, 11, 12 level, they remain for now. Artificial intelligence It's a hot topic of discussion. As an educator, how do you feel about AI? I think we're all a little nervous about it. It's hard to imagine not being. It's intimidating. What I would say is I hope that everyone in the system is at least dipping their toe into this, that they're exploring it, they're understanding it a little bit better, because before long it's going to be ubiquitous. Kids are going to have access to it, not just outside of school, but inside of school anytime they want it. It's going to happen. And so I think in everyone's best interest that we do our best to understand it and figure out how it's going to improve student learning, how we can help our kids to make good choices, to use AI to support whatever work they're doing, and recognize that five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 
human beings aren't going to be developing productions, novels, projects without the support of some means of artificial intelligence. This is happening. So the sooner that we embrace it, manage it, understand it, and have our students do the same, I think the better off we're going to be. Peter, you've been on the job for three years now? This is the beginning of year three. So what's been the most interesting part of the job for you so far? As I said, when I moved here, the conversations really are the conversations. We have the same boxes, we have the same rules, we have the same regulations, and it's really about degrees of things and how different schools, districts, organization, parts of the organization deal with certain issues and where we are in that timeline. It's always interesting meeting new people. It's always interesting getting new perspectives. And it's always interesting finding out the different kinds of spins on things. But the things are the things. School is school. In British Columbia, there's a lot of commonalities from system to system, from district to district. But it's been really fun to get to know people, and it's been really fun to go through the processes that we've gone through to continue to improve our system. So you've been talking to people and talking with parents. What are their primary concerns, and have those changed over the years for you as an educator? Last time we got together, I talked about what matters to parents. They want their child to be safe. They want to make sure that the adults in the building care about their child, know their child. And then we move on to this other series of questions. Is my child doing okay? Are they going to be able to do the things that they want to do to fulfill their hopes and dreams, to move on to a life outside school where they have perhaps a family or a career or some further education? And us making sure that they have all those opportunities is what really matters. I've noticed there's been some retirements among some of the sport coaches that we've had the opportunity to meet here at the newspaper over the years. Is it difficult to find coaches for school sport teams these days? The short answer is yes, and it has been for some time. We're always looking for coaches in the system, and not just for competitive sports teams, but having adults step forward into that space and provide different kinds of opportunities for kids, whether it's clubs or hosting dinners or dances. That requires volunteer time, and we're always very grateful when people are willing to do that. So if there are adults out in the community who have an interest, have a set of skills, have something to offer, I'd encourage you to approach your local school and say, hey, I am very proficient at this. I used to do this and this. I'd love to help out. Long ago, most of this load was carried by our staff, but if we want to keep giving these opportunities to our students and as we heard loud and clear through our data collection process, our conversations last spring, incredibly important to our kids. They want more and more of this. And so we're going to need a lot of help. I'm going to apologize in advance for my sense of humor here, but could we have a 250-word spoken report on how you spent your summer vacation? (laughs) 250 words. (laughs) We could get AI to do this for me and probably do a very nice job. As I mentioned before, I'd been working on my doctorate. I'm finished now. I defended in March. And so... I've had what I call the summer of Peter, where I haven't had any coursework hanging over my head. We went to the States, had a nice week there. I had a week or so around the house where I I worked unsuccessfully on my puttering skills. Not very good at organizing, sorting, and and managing all those household things. And and then we took a trip around the province and visited some people we hadn't seen in a few years and just got back right before startup. The last few weeks have been meetings, planning, and just getting ready for the school year. Thanks for taking a few minutes to spend with us during a very busy week for you on the podcast today, Peter. Thanks very much. Really appreciate it. That's Peter Jory, the superintendent of schools for the Qualicum School District. That's this edition of PQB. 
If you have comments or suggestions, you'll find our contact information on our website, pqbnews.com. CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media.